Cost We Make, the podcast about making creativity and why we do what we do as makers and creatives. I'm your host, Vincent Ferrari, and joining me as always, my good friend and co-host, Mr. Ethan Carter. What is going on, Vincent? How you doing, man? I'm starting to feel like winter, bro. I'm not like... It is. <laughs> I'm I... here. My hands are like... You know when your hands get really cold and they like deflate? Like yeah, that's yeah. what you've done right now. I look like a skeleton. It's really... <laughs> Yeah, uh, letting the dogs out was kind of a pain when it was warm out. Now, <laughs> letting them out at like 5 a.m. when it's freezing cold and dark is just absolutely miserable. So, so at least we got snow to look forward to. And that's so, uh, so you let the dogs out. <laughs> I'm sorry. I had to. I had to. I had to. I was so if you were a Mets fan around, was it 2006? Yeah, I think it was 2006 ish. Mm-hmm. Um, when that song was really, really popular. Yeah, it was like, yeah, it's 2005, 2006. Yeah, it yeah. was like right when I was ending high school, and, yeah. And they did a version of that song, I swear to you. It was called Who Let the Mets Out? Oh, no. And I get the worst case of that awkward, chill feeling yeah, yeah, ever. Yeah. But yeah, things are things are going good. Things are going good. Um, I actually dropped another YouTube video. Yay! I know, I saw it. It's, <laughs> Hallelujah. I, you know, I'm so... I, I don't. I always feel like weird saying I'm proud of you, but I'm proud of you because I, I want you to do it, and uh, I'm so pumped that you are. And it, I, it was great. It was great. Like as we were talking about beforehand. Thank um, you. I thought the vibe was really good. It was it was a really good video. It was a really good process. Like I, you know, I know a lot about your process, but I picked up more things um, from watching that. So it was awesome, man. What I love is something didn't go right in the video, and this is something mm-hmm. I always tell people I want to see from them when we have guests on that make videos. I always tell them I like seeing when something goes wrong and then they fix it. Yep. Well, I tried using uh, rattle can foil paint, and it just didn't. It didn't, didn't work. really work. Yeah. So then I used some Culture Hustle um, copper paint, and that was perfect. It looked so good. So it got in the client's hand. The client was very happy. So that's all that matters. That's in all the end. that matters. Yeah. And you got a yep. nice, good video out of it. So and awesome. I've decided, and I, you know, we've talked about video production schedules a lot of people too. And I, I decided that I'm not going to push myself to do a video every week. No, no. I'm going to do a project video when it's ready. It's ready. Yep. I'm, I don't have a large enough following on YouTube that expects a video every week where I have to put a gun to my own head and say, you're churning out a video every week. It's just, right. I'm not, I'm not that guy. I'm not nope. going to ever be that guy, but I don't, I do, I am enjoying making the videos and I like that people seem to be learning stuff from my weird processes. So exactly. Yeah, that's, I think that's what I like about the YouTube videos too, is it gives, you know, I try to, I try to teach through my Instagram, you know, my Instagram videos just through, mm-hmm. you know, the, the video itself, but it is nice to actually be able to, you know, do some voiceovers and, and teach some things. So mm-hmm. uh, this yeah, one, definitely. This video was interesting because I didn't want it. I I knew making it that I didn't really want to do a VO. Like mm-hmm. I was like, I yeah, yeah. just want to just make know, the thing. Right. Mm-hmm. And I was like, okay, what am I going to do? Well, how am I going to find? I don't want to have like a bunch of song changes in it. And then I remembered Jason Stapleton did a great video on how to use the remix feature in Adobe Audition mm-hmm. to make one song go the Last. whole length of the video. Yep. And it's transformative because yeah. you find one good song that's got the right vibe. It's really more atmospheric than anything else. And you just keep it going. So, yeah, that was awesome. Yeah, if it, I didn't already have a thing of the week, that would have been my thing of the week. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, you know what's interesting is uh, someone that also shows uh, shows not mistakes but shows their learnings through it is our guest. <gasps> our guest, yes, our guest. You know. Okay, I'm just going to say it outright because I've not told anyone who the guest is. I mean, if you watched my Instagram stories before we recorded, you obviously know who our guest is. But if you didn't watch my Instagram stories, 
you've heard for about a year. <laughs> it's been about a year, right? I would say yeah, it's about I think a year. So. It's probably been about that. Of me trying to get on this guy's radar, like easing, sliding up into his mentions, so like, <laughs> hey, here I am, notice me. And then one day I just outright said, hey, man, look, you want to come on the podcast? And he's like, okay. I'm like, wait, wait, what? <laughs> you said yes? Um, oh, uh, what do I do now? I don't. Sometimes you don't know how to respond when you get the yes. You just got to take the yes. So our guest this week, um, even though he needs no introduction, I'm going to give him a little one. <laughs> There's 51,000 followers on Instagram. He has 678,000 follower, 678, followers on YouTube. Who's counting, though? And he has 822,000 followers on TikTok. And oh, wow. I, do, I didn't know I, the TikTok number. I do think at this point he might actually be the most followed person that we have ever had on I, the show. I, I think you might be right. Yeah. I think we might be right. And we've had some big names, and I think this might be the most following we've ever had. Plus, we are actually live right now on his Instagram. So hi everyone listening on his Instagram. There, there's, a, there's a couple there's a couple uh show I'm I'm watching real quick. There's a couple of our uh, uh, listeners. Oh, awesome. And awesome. They're, they're and they're they're checking it out. So they're getting a little our, sneak preview of the of the podcast, which is awesome. Our, our guest this week. I mean, if you listen to this podcast, you know who I the person I've been the most excited to have on, the one and only Daniel Roto. What's going on, Dan? How you doing? Good. Wow. What an introduction that was. <laughs> well, it took me I, I it took me a year to get it. So I had time to practice it before I actually got to say it. It's like, what would I say if I had him on? I don't know. How do you Man, hearing him? that I felt bad. Hearing you say that you've been trying for a year. Wow. <laughs> I'm glad this I worked mean, out. So it's really funny. We we've I think I've had you as my thing of the week at least three or four times since oh, we yeah. started doing thing of the week. Mm-hmm. Wow. So thank you for that. And Every once in a while, every once in a while, I'll tag you in a, in a story and I'll get a note from you back. It'll just go, hey, thanks, man. I'm like, oh, he saw it. Okay, cool. All right, awesome. <laughs> I hate to sound like such a fanboy, but such I mean, I really do just love your stuff. I mean, you yeah. make, Thank you, you. you have a way, you have a way of making emotional connections with the stuff that you make. Mm-hmm. And I'm telling you, man, you're, you're so good at tugging at the heartstrings without being overly sappy or sentimental about it, you just kind of hit the right notes and they just grab you with yourself. I mean, that's a tr- that's one of those signs of an artist that you just fall for like and, hard. And, and you just, you, and I believe it's true, but you just feel genuine too, which is also yeah. one of like, it just, it, it, which is one of the most important things I think in, in any of anybody that's making content is to be genuine. So. Mm-hmm. Wow. It's, I'm glad it, it comes across. I mean, that's obviously the goal because whenever you like implement emotion uh, mm-hmm. into art or even like a YouTube video, you got to be careful that it's not uh, falling into like a cliche YouTuber emotional right. video because like a lot of them already do that. Um, yeah. And it's like, I also don't want to force it. And like mm-hmm. I've been doing YouTube for like nine years. So naturally, it's not like it's one or two videos. There's like There's like a whole time in my life where it might be difficult. And instead of just stepping away from social media, I'm like, why not bring you guys into it and express how I'm feeling, whether it's um, anxiety or whatever. Um, it's a lot easier for me to talk about it online and get it out. So mm-hmm. I'm, right. glad, I'm glad it has that effect. It, it's crazy to me that you've been making videos for so long. Cause I mean, that's, I mean, you, you, you've not grown up, but you I mean you've grown, that's a long t- period of time to be on making videos. Yeah. Did you ever expect uh, to be making them videos for that long? 
For this no, one. Dude, I don't. You know, the problem is, is like with this career, it's so hard to have a even a two year plan, to be honest. And so when right. I started this, I mean, I had a few YouTube channels beforehand, but I moved to Dallas, Texas, and a part of it was like before I moved, I'm like, you know, it'd be cool is if I had an audience that would be my friend when I get there because I'm going to know nobody. I was like 21 at the time. So I'm like, it's going to be really hard to make friends at 21. I don't know. So I'm like, I'll make a bunch of videos and I focus all of my attention on it. And it kind of just happened that way. Like I was originally doing it to be a, a host, like a TV host. And I was like, okay. you know what? I'm going to make weekly videos to stay comfortable in front of the camera. Um, and then it just sort of took off in this direction. And I know to answer your question, I didn't think it would be this long. I didn't I, like I just didn't have a feeling about it. I'm just happy it is. Oh, yeah. Well, I'm happy it is as well. So. Yeah, it's, it long, longevity isn't something you usually hear when you people talk about YouTube. I mean, longevity is like, what, three years? I mean, mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, you hear the yeah. old timers on YouTube. Like, when did you start YouTube? Oh, like five years ago. Whoa, five years. Holy crap. How did you make it five years, dude? <laughs> right. It's You know, it's kind of like a, a bittersweet thing. Like, I've had my channel just turned nine years old. Mm -hmm. um, but I had uh, two channels before this, actually three channels before this. So I've been doing YouTube. Actually, before YouTube was even the website, I uploaded a video to this website called yashi.com. Hmm. And it was basically, it was like a YouTube, except they had like adult content on there as well. It was just like a oh. video dumping site, right? So I put a music video up on there and then YouTube came up and I started right from like the first year YouTube was a thing. And uh, it's, it's cool to see people go like, oh yeah, I've been on here for five years and yet they've got 2 million subscribers, you know, and I've been doing this for nine years and I'm at like six something. So, mm -hmm. I mean, it's great because I do have longevity in it. Um, you could be like a flash in the pan with this career if you mm -hmm. aren't careful, if you're not uh, sort of cautious with the content you're creating. So I am proud of that for sure. It's it's a hard thing to do, especially in, you know, the art you know, you've kind of evolved into doing more art stuff and more, not even just I make art, it's how you can make art. And you've gone from making kind of almost like viral skitty type videos to more, hey, this is this is the art that I make and here's how you can make it too. And what made you do that transition? Did you just get burned out on doing the skit and the humor type stuff? And it's just like, okay, I need to find something else and you eased into this or was this the plan and you just... I'm just going to go full on into that. No, I think a part of the reason why I've been able to last so long is um, not, I, everything I do is going to be a passion. And if it's not a passion, mm -hmm. um, I got a really tough time like spending the time doing it, right? So when this first started, it was really about skits, making people laugh with my humor. Mm -hmm. um, and then I started doing like tricks and then experiments and then i did a little bit of mental health here and there and then the art the art is something i've always sort of done in the background but the pandemic is what brought that to the forefront right like like i know the pandemic was awful for a lot of people but for me it sort of helped guide me to like really doing art full-time now yeah the art the art stuff is just i mean I have some I have I have something on my wall. I have something on my wall. It's one of those, you know, those signs that you push the letters on. And I never thought I would put this on my own wall, but I put it on my own wall a couple of months ago. And it just says make more art. Mm -hmm. And I am, you know, the people that listen to this podcast know me as someone who is very business focused. You know, my making is very business focused. I'm always looking for 
you know, better ways to sell my products and trying to get more business and whatever. And I don't know what it was, but I think it was partially just watching your videos week after week where I said, you know, making this stuff is okay, but it's not really, it's not really all there is. And I want to do more and I want to be more creative and I want to just do cool stuff. And I feel like that little reminder on my wall of make more art is something because something you do, which really kind of made me realize, hey, you could be creative without being able to draw a damn thing. You do a lot of like word art and message art and stuff like yeah. that. And I really, yeah. really yeah. dig that stuff. Like I, I love typography. I love fonts and I love designing that kind of stuff. And I always felt like that wasn't, I couldn't be creative doing that. And now it's like, no, you can, you just have to find the right way to do it. And like art, that's the thing about art. This is why art is amazing. And right. why, why so many people struggle with it is because everybody thinks, Art is fine art. It's the stuff that takes you 10 years to paint that then ends up in the, I don't know, one of these museums in your city. And it's mm -hmm. like, th the problem is they're so narrow-minded that it's just this one genre of art. And I know for me, one of my favorite artists, which might be cliche, was Banksy. Because you look at Banksy's stuff mm -hmm. and it's all... Uh, you, you look at it and immediately you know what the message is. And he doesn't have much text. It'll just be an image. Mm -hmm. And so I liked the impact that the imagery had, and that to me was art, right? So a lot of the stuff that I have dealt with in the past, whether it's um, feeling like I'm too immature or whatever, there's something to be made art-wise there. And that also mm -hmm. goes to say, like, having a nine-year career on YouTube, you can't be a perfectionist. And if you look at everything you want to make and you go, ah, it's not, it's not good, or no, it's not viral, or... Uh, it didn't end up how I wanted it to end up, then you'll never create any content, right? So much of the stuff I've ever made was started as one thing and then through like a mistake or an error or even just like looking at it differently, um, it ended up as a totally different piece. So like art is amazing like that. It's, it always is changing. Well, yeah, I th you know, I, what I think is, I feel like art is one of those things that people have a hard time claiming sometimes, right? It's mm -hmm. the same reason that we've talked about why I think people have gravitated to the the term maker. And that's because it's not, you know, I'm not, you know, I'm not a craftsman, you know, or I'm not a woodworker. Like it, those mm. are really kind of, it's almost too much. It's not as loaded. It's not as loaded, of, right? Exactly. So yeah. like, and, and I feel like people have the same, a hang up with the word art sometimes where they feel like they're, they're what they're creating isn't art because it's not to your point the the thing that's taken years to make or you know um that's in a museum and everything like that it's it's art can be anything art can be what whatever your artistic view is right and uh so i don't know i i think that's a really good a message though is is that we should you know art can be art it doesn't have to be what other people def define art as no, because if, if that was the case, then art would just be like a Vincent Van Gogh, right? Like right, it would just be right. that one style. And I know some of my stuff, like, yeah, I respect it. And when I go see those pieces, I'm like still so in shock by the skill set and talent. But I'm equally as shocked by like, I don't know, a piece of modern pop art that I see. Right. right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, totally. I didn't have, okay, I'm just going to put it out there. I didn't have much of an appreciation for modern art like that. 
And what's really funny is the more I see what what really turned me around on it, and it, I know it's very recent, but when you started working with sprinkles in so many different things, <laughs> yeah. and I'm like, this is the kind of stuff you would find at like MoMA, like in the like weird section of MoMA. <laughs> and I, but I started to understand what you were doing, and I'm like, yeah, this is just oh, look, I'm going to take this thing and I'm going to combine it with this other just opposite thing and make another thing. You did the, uh, when you did the spray can and you did the- The, the, the candy apple of, made out of candy. Yeah. yeah. Yes. I, mean, I love yeah. that one. Oh my gosh. All, all yeah. that stuff. And yeah. it was just, it's like, oh, okay. I'm, I'm starting to understand. Like I was very resistant to the idea and, you know, I'm kind of, I guess I'm kind of the problem, right? <laughs> but I was kind of resistant to the idea that you could do stuff like that and call it art. And I'm like, oh no, I love, I love that stuff. Oh, that's art. Okay, cool. Like I, it, someone once said that someone once said to me that you don't go to art school. It was one of our guests. I think it was Steve Casino who said it. He said, you don't go to art school to learn the rules. You go to art school to learn the rules so that when you break them, you know why you're breaking them. Yeah. And yeah, I was like, does. oh, yeah. okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. Now it's all starting to make sense. And then here comes Dan just breaking every freaking rule. <laughs> well, and I think, I think I said this, use this example when we talked, but um, m- one of my best friends growing up, his stepdad was a, a famous artist and uh, in Europe and everything like that. And he, his work was like abstract and like, I, you know, and I just couldn't, you know, I didn't get it right as a high school kid or whatever. But then he can, I mean, then he did like portraits and stuff like that. And I could see the talent in portraits again, which this is the wrong way of thinking about it. But to me, like being, that was all right, that he has that skill set. Mm-hmm. but to your point, he knows how to do that, but he's breaking that because he, you know, to, to do what he, to him, you know, what his art is. It's, it, I don't know. It's just, it's interesting when someone can do the traditional quote unquote, what most people think of as art, quote unquote. Yeah. Um, but then they don't. And then it's, it's some, it's hard to understand that sometimes, but you're, I love that saying, I think it was, I think it was him. Steve. I think yeah. it was him that said it. Yeah. Do you, you, one of the things that you're becoming more and more known for, I'm, I'm guessing is your resin work. You do, you do some really wild stuff with resin now and mm. if either, even not and just molds. the 3d oh printing, but yeah. yeah, watching how I've learned how to make molds from you. I've learned how to, I nice, feel like nice. I've learned so much. I've never made a mold in my life. I have. It's on my list. It's molds. been on my list for like three years. Vincent, yeah. And yeah. And I felt like it was something that like, oh, that's just such a big process. I, I, I can't, I can't do that. And then you come out and you go here, watch this. Click, 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 click. And then but I'm like, damn it. All right. Now I have no excuse. So I went, I got, I got the stuff that you used. The, uh, the, was it the mold making kit from, um, I forgot that art resin. Art I'm like, resin. Yep, yeah. I'm going to use that one day. Like I got it. Yeah. I'm like, I'm going to use this because it looks easy enough to use, but you must get that a lot where you, where you show a process and someone goes, I can do that too. You must get that oh. a ton. Well, here's the thing. Like when I make a piece and I show people how to do it, um, mm-hmm. it's one of two things. They either respect it or they lose respect for it. And <laughs> it, 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 like, they respect it because um, they see the time and effort and mm-hmm. maybe they don't have a passion in it. So they're like, wow, that guy's really going after his passion. Where they might lose respect for it is because they see me doing it. And my, my goal is to one, make an art piece that speaks to me and hopefully speaks to somebody else. But mm-hmm. at the same time, make a piece of content that could potentially mm-hmm. go viral, right? right. Um, and with that, you have to simplify things. So mm-hmm. they don't want to see the curing process. They want to see it right. being poured and then 24 hours later, right? 
So a lot of times people don't factor in that there's days here per piece. Yes. Um, it, 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 like a sped up thing or a time lapse. There's hours there, right? That it's just it takes time that um, they may not factor in, right? Right. Mm -hmm. But I think like to, to what you were saying that you're like, oh, like I want to try it, but I have it. You know, when I was in school, I was like, I was the definition of like an average student. Right. Like I just think the, the way the schools worked was not necessarily in favor of my learning style. I'm a very right. visual learner. And when I have a passion or an interest, I go like ultra focused to it. So when it mm -hmm. comes to resin, which I'm self-taught and silicone, which I'm self-taught, it got to the point where I'm like, I really wanted to make this gun, this clear resin <laughs> gun. And I wanted to put flowers on the inside. Um, and the metaphor there is that flowers often represent peace and guns mm -hmm. often represent destruction. So I'm like, how can I make this work? Um, I could buy one of those silicone molds off of Amazon that's only going to really do one half of it. But it's like, no, 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 I want the entire thing. So let's look this through. Mm -hmm. So I found a video on how to mold a lightsaber. And, and basically, it was the same theory that you, you were molding the entire 360 piece, right? Mm -hmm. And so I looked at it. and I'm like, okay, if I follow these steps, I can do it. And it's, there's, there's a learning curve. It's been a learning curve. But um, the, the good news from this pandemic was I had the time to like practice it. And I like do so much research on stuff. I'm, I'm not like a scholar in terms of studying for tests, but I will research so hard right. on something. Yeah. Yeah. When I'm passionate. Yeah. You. It, no, I'll go ahead, Ethan. I'm sorry. I was just, no, I was just going to say, I mean, it, that resonates so much with me because uh, I talked about it a little before. Like I was not a good student either or not a, not a horrible student, but, but it was the same kind of thing is like when, when, when there's something I was passionate about, oh my gosh, I could spend hours, mm -hmm. you know, figuring that out or whatever. And, and it's, it's, it's just, that's what passion is. And, and people don't necessarily always understand that. But the other, the other thing I just real quick too, is like the watching some of the, like the time-lapse things, like uh, the, your, one of your recent videos, the clear Nike shoe, the yeah. 3d printing yeah. of that, I mean, I love the video because it was what is, I think it was probably what I was thinking about when I uh, said earlier that, you know, showing kind of the pitfalls and, you know, learnings and all those great video. But just, I was just like mesmerized as that thing was built coming up out of the, out of the liquid. It was <laughs> like, was that, I mean, I just couldn't believe how cool it was. And to your point too, like the loop on the back of that shoe, how did it do? You know, it's just mind boggling. So anyways. It never, none of it looked like it should work. Like, these are things that you pick up as they go. Like that Nike shoe, mm -hmm. I spent so much money, like so much money on silicone <laughs> because I did like three or four molds. Yeah, right. Right. Because I didn't realize that with resin 3D printing, uh, a lot of this UV resin has like sulfur in it, I've learned. And sulfur mm -hmm. will ca cause this thing called cure inhibition when it comes to uh, silicone molds. Ah, so yeah. what that means is it'll never cure. It'll remain sticky. And I was getting that time and time again with this Nike shoe and I couldn't figure it out. But the thing is like, I've always, whether it's YouTube, or whatever, I always am having fun because if I'm not having fun, I don't want to do it. Like it's, right. it's a blessing and a curse. Right. And so with this, I'm like, I, I so badly want this clear Nike shoe that I'm going to spend another 250 on silicone <laughs> and then we're going to try it all again. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So when the end goal is something you really want, um, I think you'll really do anything you can to make it happen. Well, and, that, and that's that passion that we were just talking about. I mean, 
Um, and the other th- crazy thing too is I never knew that silicone would pick up the the like whatever the outer coating is. So like the glaze they used, I think it was on the apple, the Young candy apple. apple. Yeah, that like that's crazy to me. I never I, I've seen so many people do you know molds and silicone molds, and I've never I don't think I've ever seen anyone talk about that. That was really really interesting. That the fact that it takes the what is it the texture I guess of whatever yeah. it's molding that's crazy but i think that's a direct link to doing youtube for so long is because you learn over the years what people want to see what they enjoy and oftentimes when someone gets into youtube or social media or, or showing anything they leave out these small things the nuggets think, as we talk yeah, about right yeah, yeah. yeah these little nuggets because they're like oh it's boring or nobody wants to see that and it's like trust me no one else is showing it either so you should right. talk about these little tricks um it's funny to hear you say that because I've never heard somebody sort of relate to like some of these things that I share. I share it because it was a learning to me. So it's it's nice to hear that that was um, some insight. Well, that's, that, I mean, it, I think there's there's a lot of times where you pick up one or two things out of some video, right? Mm-hmm. And that like for that video, that was the one thing, not the one thing, but like one, like obviously clearly it, it stuck with me. And, and so you're right though. I think you, you shouldn't over, uh, you shouldn't, rule out the fact that somebody might find something interesting doesn't mean you need to go into it for 20 minutes right but like and even even in that same so in that same video so when you're talking about cure inhibition right i i know what that is right and i'm watching i'm like yeah he just has to use a different silicone or a different resin and you're Mm -hmm. like so here's how we're going to solve that we're going to clear coat this i'm like oh crap I never thought to just clear coat the piece that you're making the mold for. Like right. I, I know that you can buy, I know that you can buy, you know, resin for 3D printers that is doesn't have sulfur in it, and it you won't have that problem, right? I knew you could buy it, but I didn't think to just put a barrier layer of something over it. And it's like, oh, okay. There's and as I always say, every video has a nugget, every single one, and that was the nugget for that video. I was like okay, you ever need to make a barrier layer, you don't need to even worry about what's in the resin. Just spray over it with something clear and you're good to go. Yeah. That was can, can that's I one ask of those the, tips. Can I ask the two of you guys, because you guys both use uh, UV or, yeah, UV le- resin. Mm-hmm. So uh, I think it's the same video, but you've done it in a lot of videos. When you sand it and it gets all cloudy, mm-hmm. I, don't, I still don't understand why using the UV <laughs> resin top coat makes it clear again you want to dan or should i <laughs> uh well, so well because resin will cure to resin right so okay yeah um so it just fills inter- in the cracks basically it fills every micro blemish mm-hmm. in, okay okay which the then makes it like see-through right yeah so okay. so what happens what you're seeing when 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 there's all these little scratches what you're seeing is peaks valleys and all these little right. you're seeing the refraction of light on the surface of the resin and what you're doing when you pour the uv resin over the top of it is you're literally just putting resin inside all those, those peaks cracks. and valleys okay and yeah. as long as the resin is thin enough and the cracks are big enough i mean sometimes it doesn't work perfectly but for the most part resin will s- settle in there and you will not see them anymore because the light's just going to pass through now instead of diffracting on all the surfaces because the surfaces are going to disappear under the resin. That's okay. but it's super right. satisfying. That it's super oh, it's satisfying the best thing ever. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you yeah, think yeah. you wrecked something by sanding it, and then you put a coat, a new, just a skim coat of resin over the top, and it's shiny again. Oh, yeah, just, I mean, I couldn't believe it. I mean, I, it looked like you couldn't, it's ba- magical. you couldn't see through it, and then you did that, and it was clear again. It was amazing, yeah. 
what is your what is your creative process like? Are you like um, a carry around a notebook and sketch thing guy? Are you um, are you? I always have my iPad with me and I draw stuff. Um, I know I learned about the app Sculptura from you, which is a fantastic freaking app. Yeah. Um, I just started using Nomad over the weekend, just tinkering around with that, which is another a next level app if you've not played with it. It's basically ZBrush for the iPad. But what's your creative process like? Like. I, I mean, I see you working in Fusion. I've seen you working in Sculptura. I've seen you working in Procreate. I've seen you working in Photoshop. So what is your creative process like? Like, how do you come up with ideas? And then how do you figure out what tools you're going to use to get them into reality? I get this question a lot in terms of how do I come up with ideas? Um, it's It's kind of a tough one. It's just sort of how you sort of train your brain over the years. Because for a while there, when I was making YouTube videos, I'm like, I need two videos a week. I was doing every Wednesday and every Sunday for like religiously for almost four years straight. And so I was always, the second I uploaded a video, okay, we got to think of something new. What's cool? What's fun? What's trending? (laughs) And what was once sort of a sit down, let's think about it, has developed into um, just natural, like I'll be lying, like two nights ago, I was lying in bed and I couldn't sleep. And I thought of these two cool art pieces that I wanted to do. And it was like, oh, I love aliens. What could be cool? Oh, a UFO with light coming down. Maybe we could 3D scan my body. Like it's coming. Like there's just, I think when you open, this is hard to explain, but when you open this side of your brain where you truthfully believe that you can find a way to make anything happen creatively. I don't want to be like, oh, I can go to the moon, but like creatively. You probably could, but yeah. <laughs> yeah, maybe I can find a way. <laughs> then it's like, it's, it's so uh, freeing. And I know it's, mm-hmm. it's a very hard thing to do, but once you do it, um, oh my God, is it like things just flow to you? I, I, I very rarely say no to an idea. Um, mm-hmm. I'll always sort of do it and then maybe I don't, I don't post it. But uh, you have to let these ideas or these seeds go all the way through. Don't stop it immediately because that's probably something in you saying, maybe it's not going to be good. Maybe people won't like it. Throw all that away and just literally just try it. Chase something mm-hmm. from start to finish and see what happens. Because do you, do you that's think it's kind of like... Sorry. No, it's like that's just what most of my, uh, my process has been. Mm-hmm. Do, you, do you think it's like an ex- I mean, it's almost like exercise, I feel like sometimes with creative process, like the more you do it or the more you exercise it, right, the, the easier it comes. I don't know. Yeah, yeah it's, it's kind of like a confidence thing, too. Like I find yeah. um, art is a lot of that is about confidence. So many people are creative, but a lot of them don't do anything with it because they're scared of, I don't know, maybe negative feedback, which the Internet is notorious for being a place where there's trolls. But what people don't talk about is how beautiful of a place it could be as well. Like I know Mm -hmm. my following or my community, it's wild, man. Like sometimes I look at YouTube, which I've started to sort of like not create as much on YouTube. And I'll get these emails or these comments that are like so heartfelt or so beautiful or just make me feel so nice. And it's something that I never knew was a thing. So I'm so thankful these people do that. But unfortunately, it gets overshadowed by trolls, right? So, right. I think I think people that that have an idea, like try it and like just trust yourself to try it. If it sucks, who cares? Nobody saw it. But like, you could have learned something in the process, right? Do you look back at Do you look back at your earlier stuff and 
you know, are you obviously, I'm, I mean, unless you're some kind of weirdo, you're probably happy with how you've progressed as an artist and the things that you perceive and the stuff that you're making versus the stuff you once made. But do you look back at your old stuff and go, oh, I don't really, I, yeah, I don't really get what I was thinking back then. Or it wasn't <laughs> like, do you ever look back at your old stuff and wonder what, what was, what was the thought process with that? Like, do you, do you feel any connection to your older stuff as much as you do the more recent stuff or I, I could see, I could see I've changed, right? Uh, mm -hmm. Uh, in terms of being a creator, the guy I was at the start when I was 21, I look back at those videos when I was in Dallas and there was a lot more, um, I don't know, like tenaciousness when I was doing something. Oh, I want to go do this. And yeah, I want to take this and I want to try and host that. And I was very much all over the place trying to figure out something I liked. I don't view things in the past. I mean, yeah, I can cringe lightly about it, but I'm not, <laughs> I'm not like gentle cringe. <laughs> yeah. Like a gentle cringe. I'm not embarrassed. And I think mm -hmm. a part of that is because a lot of people get embarrassed because of who they are now and they're judging themselves back then on what they know now. Right. And right. I'm aware that the guy that was 21 that might be making these videos or these cringy jokes, that was where I was at the time. And that's was necessary for me to get to where I'm at now. Right. So I don't, hold the standard of what I have now to what it was then. Um, even some of the old art pieces I look at and I'm like, dang, like you didn't need to do silicone there. Like this is what I'm learning <laughs> now, right? I'm like, you spent all that money on silicone. You didn't need to do any of that. You could have gone straight to resin and here's how. But I think it's fun to see like the learning curve and have sort of like a permanent trail of that on the internet. Do you, yeah, do you think of it as growth versus... Mistakes, yeah, exactly. Right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. We always hear about, we always hear about this, this constant pressure to be original and to be like innovative and different. And, you know, sometimes people just are scared to go out on YouTube, especially, you know, content creators who have a large following. They're scared to just go on YouTube and just make something that's really cool and well-made. If it's not, if it doesn't have viral potential or if it doesn't have the wow factor that they think they're going to need for it to pop off with people, how much do you weigh the potential, you know, audience impact of something versus the artistic impact of something uh it's it's a bit of both it's it's i, I don't know what the percentage of it's that's 50, the most 50. honest answer by the way that anyone's ever given when i've asked <laughs> that question i just want you to know no one will ever cop to thinking about their audience when they make a when they make something so i really appreciate that i just want to point that out at the beginning yeah because you have to i mean i'm i would classify the technique of artist that i'm that i am is relatively new age in terms mm -hmm. of showing mm -hmm. my process on the internet and I'm essentially showing people how to make exactly what I'm making, right? Where a lot of artists are very protective of that process because mm -hmm. they don't want people to copy or mimic. Um, I think it's 50-50 because I made a, this Bart Simpson, this Travis Barker Bart Simpson. Mm -hmm. And <laughs> yeah. it was a bit of both. One, because I love Blink-182, which means I love Travis Barker. And Bart Simpson is obviously notable. And the reason why I made that piece was Bart's, or um, Travis Barker just got engaged. And I'm like, okay, mm -hmm. this could be kind of a hot topic right now he's he's all over the place he's very much a part of this power couple um bart simpson is also very much in pop art all the time he's a very notable figure so why not combine the two because when you see it on a tiktok that's flowing by you're going to want to watch and ultimately mm -hmm. i'm in the business of yes art but also trying to keep people watching as long as they i can't right and right. Um, mm -hmm. with that it comes you got to factor in what people want to see you can't just go like crazy with just your own stuff, at least not in, in my world. <laughs> well, then if you did that, I mean, 
it would just be over for you, right? And I, I always find it interesting when people won't, it, they feel like it's like cheapening their art by saying that, you know, they allow they allow externalities into their process. And it's like, it's not really cheapening your art. You're you're not just an artist. You're also a content creator. And that has to factor into it or you won't be a content creator well, for very and, long. And, and it's, you're doing it because it's also something you want to do. Like that, I, I think that's the other piece of it. If you're If you're always just chasing it, and doing projects and stuff like that that you think are going to be viral that you really have no you don't care about then that's then that's going to be a problem right that you're going to burn <laughs> out or whatever whereas this to your point those are two interests of yours you wanted to do it and yeah of course like if it if it if it's something that can be viral then go for it right i don't know mm-hmm. yeah and, and also i mean like Look, you can't, first off, you can't chase viral with every post. If you do, you'll no. burn out. Right. You yep. can't um, chase things that aren't passion either, because if you do, you'll burn right. out. The, the real threat to a creator is burnout. And mm-hmm. I've experienced it, and it is the worst because you literally don't want to do anything social media related. You don't want to pick up a camera, you don't want to edit. You're really not in the mood to sort of turn on a persona. So, the best way to avoid any of this is to be authentic and just sort of manage your expectations when it comes to it. So in terms of like viral stuff, don't, don't be hunting it down with every piece of content. Well, and I think, yeah, I think it's a really healthy thing. And I try to practice this myself all the time is not every, know that not every post is going to be a banger, right? Like it's okay. And you know, and there's going to be posts that only the, only your followers see and the people that like you are still going to like that, right? But the the second that you are worried about every single post or every single video being the biggest one yet, that's that's when I to me that's when I've that's when I've gotten closest to burnout is when I've wanted that when I've done things that I wanted to do and am proud of. Even if the if, even if it fails, I still did something I was proud of. Right. Yeah. I mean, you got to, um, the, the, the tricky thing is when you go viral, especially if it's not a consistent amount of views that you've usually pulled in. Like I went viral years ago with uh, buying a Riyadh IC video and <laughs> it was kind of a stunty video where I went on Facebook and I bought every single advertisement that popped up no matter what it was. And as long as it was under $200, I had to buy it. Right. And this thing went viral. It took off. And I remember I started getting like used to it because you make you make a large chunk of money when something goes viral that fast right. and you right. you grow. Like I remember there was one time I was on the list uh, just above Ellen DeGeneres in terms of growth for that week. And I was like, wow, Jesus, crazy. So <laughs> you trick yourself into thinking this is awesome. And then the problem is you try to maintain that and right. you have zero control. It, right. It's all an algorithm yeah. and it's you got to have another banger, another banger. And it's it's so dangerous and, and to even, your mental health and even if that the next thing you do is way better than the thing you did that went viral you, it doesn't matter it's you can't control it right mm. i mean it because it's all algorithm so it's yeah. it's yeah it's, so i yeah i mean i don't i don't it's nice to finally i know i'm transitioning now like as i get older into this career that i'm starting to not live as much by the numbers which mm-hmm. it's a process yeah. and i wish i could sit here and say like I don't still, but any influencer would be lying if they said they right. didn't because 100%. that is our marker on if we're successful or not. Yeah. But it is nice to know that like I'll create a piece of content and if it doesn't get a certain amount of views, I no longer view it as bad content. 
I view it as it was good to me. It didn't work. And the reason why is because I used to exclusively upload to YouTube and TikTok has changed everything, everything. <laughs> like the, the appreciation for my content on TikTok is mind boggling. And it's so nice after nine years of creating to finally find a platform that I feel appreciates my stuff. Not that YouTube didn't, but it was just like, it, it, a lot of the stuff I do will pull in a lot more views on things like TikTok. So, I I love I love how uh, I love how you kind of describe the virality thing, and you know if something doesn't come off because it takes a lot of maturity to recognize yeah. that hey this just didn't connect and that's okay. Like not everything, especially you know we you know back to art, but I mean art doesn't always connect with a wide swath of an audience. Sometimes art hits one person and that one person is like completely obsessed. Whereas the two people to their left and right, it's like, not really for me, but that one person, you know, I Mm -hmm. I know when you have a smaller audience, like I, I mean, my YouTube audience is utterly insignificant, right? I don't, don't mean that they're insignificant people. I mean, comparatively, right? Wow, But (laughs) I know (laughs) when I get those comments though, where people like, this is a really cool process. I feel like I've, okay. Yeah. I may only get 20, 30 comments on a video, but you know what? Those 20 or 30 people stopped what they were doing in in the course of either watching the video or afterwards, they went to the video just to tell me, Hey, that came out really cool. I like the way you did that. And I, I just, you feel that connection and it's hard to, and it's really, really hard to put that into words, what that feels like. If you've not been a content creator or had some kind of presence where people are commenting on yourself, I know everybody jokes about, oh, it's just a dopamine hit and you guys like the attention. I don't think that's it. I really don't. I think there's, I don't know, man. Sometimes you just feel like you have one end of the cord in your belly button and the other in theirs, and you're just connected to them for that minute where they're watching your stuff and you're on the same wavelength and everything's just flowing between you. And it's just, I don't know. I don't want to get sappy, but it kind of feels magical. Well, it starts in one way, right? There's a lot of people now that want to be social media influencers. And a lot of it is because they want to be famous. The problem with that sort of Mm. thing is that Mm. that is... It's like putting fuel in a car. If you're doing it just for fame, it's like you're filling up 20% of the car. The second you take off driving, if to get fame online isn't necessarily hard. To get that sort of appreciation isn't hard, but to get the right appreciation is, right? Mm-hmm. Yes, and 100%. If if you're seeking fame, you'll get it and then you'll you'll be like what now? And then you'll you'll die out. You won't create content, you won't care. Um, you'll be able to tell pretty quick cuz what like you said, watching some of these creators um, it's, it's weird, man. Like they can pick up on authenticity when they, they see you and it's 100%. like, if you're pushing uh, a product that they know, they know you more than you think they know you, or they know your persona more than you think they know you. So if you're right. pushing a product, that's not you, um, that's where you start to lose them and you start to lose yourself and you start to lose sort of the idea as to why you're doing this in the first place. So it's sort of, you got to use checks and balances on, on why you're doing it and, in the first place. It's, it's, almost as if you, you, it's almost as if you have to be as connected to yourself as you are to your audience because you have to kind of know yourself well enough to know like, hey, I'm, I'm putting out crap right now or I'm putting out stuff my heart's not in this. And, you know, I we always, we've said it with multiple creators that we've had on this show, but the truth is the audience picks up on that before yeah. you do. And they start punching out long before you realize why they're punching out. And that's a mm. big freaking problem. If you're not yourself they see through it long before you'll ever knew that ever know that they saw through it. A hundred percent. I mean, you have to, 
you have to like obviously hang out in the comment section here and there to see it, you mm -hmm. have to develop a good filter because honestly eight out of ten comments are going to be more about them honestly like whether they like it or whether they don't <clears throat> you have to sort of factor in if they don't like it look into it is it something you did is it something you've been doing or is it just an angry person that is like jealous or they don't like your stuff right so right it's kind of tough to sort of gauge mm -hmm. which is why you should sort of do it on your own terms um and as long as like like you said as long as your heart's in it then you'll be fine and that's and that that's what so when you made the video <laughs> You made a video, for those of you that aren't following Dan on YouTube, um, he made a video where you did a you did a cross-promotion with GoDaddy where you built an art store. Yes. And you were you remade some of your old pieces or you did prints of older pieces um as a way to populate the store. And the one you did that I bought was the Are You Still There one. Because when you were yeah. telling the story of that one, I swear to you, man, <laughs> I was eating dinner and it was so uncomfortable because I was so choked up as you were giving the explanation for it. I was like, I have to buy this. I, I just have to have this. And no, you, that, it, it, yeah. that connection, on. dude, is just mind boggling to me. Mm -hmm. Like I, I haven't, I, I don't usually feel, I like buying stuff to support the people I like. Like that's kind of my thing. I, have a lot of stuff in, in in this office when i get my new apartment whenever that is it's gonna my plan is to have it just filled up with all the stuff that my friends make and the people i like make but every once in a while i'll see something i'm just like damn that hit me really hard like that really really hit me hard like i had to like kind of control myself a little bit because it was like, just th that that's deep. the beauty in art right like especially right. you talking about getting your new apartment <laughs> if you look at my house man like my house is a it's very, a canvas. <laughs> yeah, it's it's different all over the place. And mm -hmm. I love it. It's like you're walking into my mind and there's there's no more home space on this planet than my current place because right. I have art pieces that speak to me at different times in my life. Mm -hmm. That instead, you know, some people get tattoos on their body. Um, I'm not a huge tattoo guy. I mean, maybe one day I'll get one. I don't know. But for me, I, I do it in art forms and I'll display it on my wall because I know how much transitions happen for mm -hmm. me, especially over the past 10 years that, you know, this hits now, maybe it won't hit later, but it hits now. And I love to look at it because it creates an emotion. Right. And, um, that's nice. It's one of those things. That, uh, I always say when you open your door, when you get home, if something makes you happy, then like that, that's the best th art or any kind of like decor, right? Mm -hmm. You open your door and you walk in and all of a sudden you just smile. And for me, it was guitars. Like I loved having my guitars on the, on the wall and it just made me happy. And it's like, you know, to your point, and, and now I don't really, I mean, I have them in my office. It's not a, as big of a thing. It was a point in my life when I did that, but you're right though. It's just like, that's what's important. It's just, it doesn't that's make what, you happy. Yeah. That's what makes it home. But a, lot, a lot of people don't understand that. Like, I mean, they all have their own things that make them happy. Right. And I know, right. For me, I, w I once was out, it was around Christmas time, I don't know, maybe three years ago. And we were walking around uh, Toronto. There's this, there's this area in Toronto called Yorkville. And it's it's like a fancier area, high-end stores. There's some art galleries there. And so we walked into one. And at the time, one of my favorite artists was Mr. Brainwash. And they just so happened to have a few of his pieces. So we walked in and they had this spray can. It was like limited edition. And I was like, how much? And they're like, 700 bucks. I was like, oh, dang. I was like, okay, I'll take it. 
And I remember the people I was with were like, what the what? hell? You just spent yeah. hundred bucks yeah. on a spray paint can. But it's like, yeah, because to me, I respect this guy's art. I want it in my yeah. house. I've always wanted mm-hmm. one of his pieces. Mm-hmm. And it's not a it's not a monetary thing. I don't really look at it as a waste of money. I never have looked at that as a waste of money. And well, that's how many happens. times have you has it made you happy? Just right. I, I, There's you know, a certain I, explain. I, I just love looking at it. It is, I love, it is like, hard to explain. It, you know? Yeah, you can't quantify you can't quantify or financialize how much joy something can bring you. Right, and it's not a matter of it being a thing. Right, a lot of people are so Marie Kondo on everything, where it's like we don't want yes. anything in the house. And then, no, sometimes things can bring you joy. Sometimes I have my very first stuffed animal. I am forty five years old. I still have it. Okay. Mm -hmm. And I will never part with it. If this house was burning down, I would run back into the house to (laughs) save it because that's how important it is to me. And yeah, he's, he's in a closet right now and I don't take him out all the time, but knowing he's there and I could just grab him and hold him anytime I want. I don't care if it's weird that I'm 45 years old and I still have it. It matters to me and it's important to me. And there's, it's okay to tie emotions to things and we're so adverse to that and it's like you don't have to be you can do that it as long as it stays healthy obviously there is a certain amount of like don't be obsessed i get <laughs> right, you know right, don't be yeah, creepy yeah, exactly. but it's okay it's okay to tie emotions thing it's okay to open the door and walk home walk in the house when you get home and look on the wall and go oh, i remember when i took that photo that yeah that was a good photo that was a nice day i had a good time that day or man, I really nailed that one. Or, you know, look at a sculpture you made or a piece of art. Like I never had anything on the wall in my office. And then after I started really getting into your channel, you look at my office now and uh, people who have seen it. You can look on the listing mm-hmm. page on Zillow, but um, there <laughs> is just art and stuff I've made and stuff my friends have made all over the wall in this room now. And it's also, it's. I think it's also really important to not give a crap if other people don't get it. Yep. Yes. Yeah. That's a big thing that it's so easy to say and so damn hard to do. Oh, to- I'm yeah. <laughs> so don't don't get do. me wrong. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm horrible at that. I, I, <laughs> We're I, 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 I can say it. it I can say it, but I don't always, you know. What? Well, yeah, I mean, you got to look at it too. Like, if you're somebody that is um, a trend follower, and I'm not like throwing shade on that because I know mm-hmm. a majority of people, and, I, and to some degree, I also have things that I follow trend wise. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, we all do. Right. Yeah. Yeah. If you're a, like a main person that doesn't really make many decisions on their own, right? Like, I like Pokemon. You know, like Pokemon is something that some people will view as childish, and then you'll see some people that still love it. Right. Um, even in the art world, Pokemon is still super cool. Mm-hmm. But it's, it all depends on how you're going to handle it when somebody says, Isn't that for kids? It's like, <laughs> right. you know, it's sort of like, yeah, who cares? Because it's like, I enjoy, it brings me joy. Because I guarantee you, if you dig far enough or look at somebody's life in every corner, they do something that is childlike mm-hmm. or bizarre or mm-hmm. something you could potentially hoard judgments on. That once yep. you know that, it's like, okay, everyone's got their thing. Whether or not you're more forward about it, it's totally fine. Just know everybody's got their thing. Yep. So if they're judging yep. you for it, it's just because they're hiding theirs. It's just because, yeah, yeah, your thing is not their thing. That's a that's a, such a great way to look at it. And I think that that dovetails nicely into your recent stuff about um, mental health, particularly men's health, which I think gets short shrift, but I don't want to cause any uproar. But I do like the way you turn something that is really toxic and 
uh, I a borderline evil in, in my mind, but I like the way you turn that into something beautiful and artistic just as reminders. And you've done two pieces in the last couple of weeks. You did the stop trying to be liked by everybody. You don't even like everybody one, which yeah. I thought was fantastic. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then was it today you followed it up with the, you know, man up boys don't cry. You're so sensitive. Men, yeah, men were that, men. Uh, Sla- slash forehead pimple. I, I, <laughs> <laughs> I love, I love that you, I love that you did that over the course of three Instagram videos, the artistic merit, obviously is there and i love the artistic merit of it but i love your decision to do it over the course of three reels instead of a youtube video because i saw this i'm like oh cool he's got a new youtube video and i went right to your youtube channel like where the hell's the video i'm like oh wait a minute no they're they're just three reels it's the whole process on reels but dude that it was really powerful stuff and you talk about mental health very openly Compared to a lot of other yeah. people. I mean, I, I talk mm-hmm. about it openly here too. I've, I've talked yep. about me struggling with depression and struggling with anxiety and having to deal with all that and how, you know, I thought, oh, I beat cancer. That's going to, the rest of my life's going to be easy. And then you go through a year of battling the hardest battle in your life, which is a mental illness. Right. And we mm-hmm. don't, you don't think about it that way. You think, oh, if, you know, if it's just in my head, I'll be fine. And it's actually worse. I always joke that I'd rather go through another six to eight weeks of chemo and radiation rather than dealing with depression, because at least with chemo wow. and radiation, it's predictable. You know, it's, right, you know what's right. going to happen. You know how your body's going to react. You know what you're going to think. And I love when you talk about it, because you talk about it with such a raw honesty that, I don't know, I, I, I'm not trying to, I don't want to out anyone or say, but it almost feels like you must be going, you must either are be going through something or have gone through some really strong stuff to have such a, crazy good perspective on all this stuff well like here's the secret with that um for any any video that i'm doing uh, a know-it-all type of thing how to here's five ways to deal with it those are things that um i dealt with or am currently dealing with you know mm-hmm. it's the easiest way for me to talk about it and not feel like a fraud because i've experienced it for me mm-hmm. the worst time of my entire life was college and it was because that was where i first started my my struggle with anxiety and panic attacks. And for the mm-hmm. next five years, um, I had bouts of that. And it was the most difficult. I, I can't, it doesn't matter what I say or do. I can't explain to somebody because everybody's battle with it is different. But yeah. my, my stuff with anxiety and panic attacks were hands down the scariest moment of my entire life. They're terrifying. And, and I went to therapy for it. And I know for the longest time I was embarrassed to, talk about it. And I was also embarrassed to be known as a sensitive guy. Because when you look at toxic masculinity, if you're sensitive, uh, you're a baby, you're not a man, whatever, right? But I've learned over the past few years to love it because I know for my art pieces or this ability to talk to my audience in the way I do, that comes from um, being there and knowing Mm -hmm. what it's like and trying to get it off of my chest as well. Yeah, it's it's you you develop a connection when you when you go through anxiety, depression, or anything else that you know requires some actual work in therapy, where you're you're working week after week after week on getting better, or on at least learning. For me, it wasn't a matter of getting better because I didn't come out of therapy better. I came out of therapy knowing how to cope for when I'm not good, and that was the biggest change of mindset for me because at one point I was really upset. Because I'm like, I don't understand why I keep breaking down like this. Why do I keep breaking down like this? When am I going to just feel good? And my therapist literally said to me, she goes, you don't have any goddamn right to feel good. 
And I was like, whoa. Mm -hmm. She goes, there is no inherent right in you to feel good. Right, just get right. that out of your head. She goes, and as soon as you get that out of your head, you're not going to feel so bad when you don't feel good. And I'm like, wow. wow. Okay. Yeah, and, and it really yeah. stuck with me mm -hmm. because now when I feel like crap, it's like, okay, this is just something I have to deal with rather than something that can't be dealt with. And I think people I really, sorry, go on. Sorry. I didn't mean no, to No, I was just gonna say, I really do feel like that's something we just misunderstand. And when you can kind of learn how to smooth that over, I mean, it doesn't go away. Right. So no, your no, coping no, mechanisms are yeah. what get better in, in dealing with it. Right. So, yeah, I think if yeah, everyone I'm, has like a, a passion or an outlet for those moments, mm -hmm. it's, it goes a long way. And so right. the art, um, a lot of my stuff, look, it, it may come across, like I got a comment on TikTok the other day where they said I sound like a, a Nerf commercial when I narrate. <laughs> like, like, like I get it because I sound like a Nickelodeon guy where I'm like, what's up guys, here we're going to make this. And so oftentimes I think to myself, am I diluting uh, this this piece of art that I'm trying to get respect for hmm. by coming across in a quirky social media childish way. And, and sometimes I think that maybe it does hinder it. But at the end of the day, if people can look at the final piece and take from it something rather rather than sort of break it down and say, oh, that was so easy. That's not art. He did that all digitally. Like if you can actually look at the message and feel something, then the job is done. And like we both right. feel better about it, right? Right. And I think more people need an outlet like that, whether it's, you know, hiking, going camping, traveling, like be proud of these things that make you feel good. And, and it doesn't right. have to be the, like, the status quo, like, oh, I like cars or I like my dog. It could be something like, you know, I like making art out of melted wax. You know, that's mm -hmm. what makes people interesting. And that's what makes them like fun to be around is because they've got these things that you don't have that are just so cool. that a lot of people hide that because it makes they think it makes them weird. And yeah. one of the things that you one of the things that I love about your videos is there, there there's always there's always a double thing going on. You know, on one hand, you have the process of you making the thing and showing off the thing and, hey, this is what I made. This is how I make it. This is, you know, this is how you can make it. This is the material. This is the tool. This is the process, whatever. But then when you're done, there's an art piece. It's almost like <laughs> when I was younger and I, you know, I'm a little older than y'all and that's cool. Um, you know, I used to love, you know, G.I. Joe and He-Man were two great, two of the greatest cartoons ever. And at mm -hmm. the end of both of them, there was always a lesson. And they did that to get around the rules that said TV had to be educational. So they would do a toy ad for for <laughs> 17 minutes and then four minutes of a of a moral lesson at the end. So it got around the uh, the censors, right? But my mom I feel still like, would not let me watch G.I. Joe's, which I still <laughs> I I love I love how your videos like they go through the whole process and then you you do a little bit, even even if it's short, a little bit of an explanation of the mm -hmm. meaning behind the piece at the end. And I feel like that's yeah. it's a nice little it's a nice little red bow on top of the product at the end. And that's a it's a nice feeling. Like you come away going, Wow, I watched something cool get made and I understand why it was made. Most people don't explain the why in their videos. They just make the thing and say, Hey, look at the pretty thing I made. Thank you, subscribe, like, you know, share and goodbye. You know? So I, I, get, I think that's part of it. Like we said at the beginning, that's part of why I feel like you come across as very genuine, and mm -hmm. it, it, it's because you it, you it, you're explaining why you cared about what you did, right? And to me, that's it, it, 
that's the difference between making something to go viral and making something that maybe maybe will go viral, but it's it's also but more importantly, it's I'm making the thing that I want to make. Yep, if that makes sense. Yeah, and I think that's that's where a lot of people um, do themselves a disservice because what I've mm-hmm. learned over the years is that people will not pick up on um, hints. You gotta you you have to hold their hand on the internet, especially when it comes to art pieces. Um, it's not fair to expect your audience to know the metaphor that you're trying to go for. Right. And so I know that, you know, this connects with me because I thought of it and I know it can connect with them if I just explain it to them. Right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think there's a part of it is fun. Yeah. They get to see the process of an art piece being made, but it's even more fun once they get to go, Oh, Oh, that's why the color is there. Or that's why he used sprinkles. Right. It, it's mm-hmm. sort of an aha moment for them. That, yeah, it does cap it off nice. I want it to be something they could think about when they're driving home from work to go, that was a cool video. Maybe I should try that. Maybe I should do this, you know? Well, I, I think I think you're absolutely right about that. I think that's part that is part of what makes someone inspired to to either do what you made or you know, try that technique or whatever. It's it's feeling connected to it and being like, that's oh, that that makes me passionate about it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that passion, by the way, that passion, you know, I, I said when we chatted earlier, I was like, I'm not going to kiss your ass on the show and I'm really trying not to. But I think that that's why people connect to you I think, so I think, much. I think we're both doing a very good job. I think, we're, I think we're withholding <laughs> the ass kissing just to the right amount, which is good. But I do think that that's why I think that's why people connect with your work so well. Yes, because uh, I totally agree. With you it, don't yeah. make anything that's just churn it out type stuff. Right. You know, even though, you know, I like that you admitted that you know, the audience or your potential audience for something does influence you a little bit. I like that it's still something you're passionate about. So you don't just, all right, this is what the audience is going to be interested. It means nothing to me whatsoever. And I do, that just comes through. And I think that's why people connect to you. I think that's why when I show people your videos, they're like, wow, this dude's really cool. I like him. <laughs> well, you're, nice. but, yeah. I mean, you're right. Vincent, though. I mean, like that. Yeah. I mean, because there are the, people, I'm not going to lie, there are people who do what you do who I can't watch. I find yes, them exactly. right. unbelievably obnoxious. And it's like, it's. I know you're making cool stuff, but I don't like you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? so, so interesting. So, so back to that viral video I mentioned about the Facebook mm-hmm. ads. Mm-hmm. So that was the first and probably only time I really had YouTube drama because there was another creator. And I hate that I'm bringing this up because I, I don't want to bring it up. But I, I know who you're talking about probably. But yeah, yeah another Canadian. Ca- Yes. Yeah. 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 Okay. I know who you're talking about, actually. <laughs> so he started copying the idea and not to say like it's a, a fully original idea and he can do it. Mm-hmm. It's just when you get inspiration from something, shout mm-hmm. it out or like, like, yeah, especially exactly. if it's that hard of a ripoff. Right. Right. And so when I saw that and people were still coming back to mind for a part two, I realized exactly what you just said that um, mm-hmm. you can, you can do, you can have five creators all doing the same idea. It comes yeah. down to the presentation style. And if it comes across like, oh, I'm jamming it down your throat. Look, I'm funny. Laugh at my jokes. It's not going to, it's not going to make them feel good because they're going to feel sort of pressured. Right. Yeah. And you, what I, I I know you don't, I know, I don't want to come up. This is going to sound terrible and I don't mean it this way, but I think something that makes your videos feel more genuine is there's not a lot of slick camera crap going on in your videos. You are very straight. Your videos are very straightforward as far as how you edit them and how you compose them and how you tell your stories. You don't, there's not a lot of camera tricks and sweeping, zooming, swooshy things. And your videos are all very, very, you know, 
here's the shot. Here's the next shot. Here's the next shot. We're going to mm-hmm. do this. Here's the next well, shot. And you, you know don't, what? you don't complicate things. They're just, they're videos. And, and, and when you do, they're really, really subtle. Like the, uh, the dragon egg, was yeah. it the dragon egg? Um, just the little bit of like zoom in as you're pushing the pins in. Yes. Yes. So subtle, so subtle. And, and I don't, I think, and I only say that because I think people that don't, that aren't in our space would never even have picked up on that, but it's a super subtle hint, but it's, but it's subtle. And that's, and that, I think that's what you're saying, Vincent is like, mm-hmm. it, you don't want things that are like over the top and like, you know, yeah, it's but, like jump cut every sentence. And, yeah, it's, it's you know, like really, kind of really subtle, like, but really nice little mm-hmm. touches. And you have a very, you have a very good knack for like what can make a subtle Gee. impact without being over the top. It's almost like it's almost as if you're letting your art do the talking, Dan. Yeah, there, there it is. Craziness. <laughs> it's outrageous. Um, by the way, I don't, it was like what you use over six hundred pushpins. For uh, that thing, that dragon egg. I still have that oh piece. Oh my gosh, that it thing was, was super cool. But oh my gosh, it, yeah, there's so many. I couldn't believe. <laughs> I was like, how how long did it take you to put all those pins in? So I I bought four packs, thinking that it was going to be enough, and I made it like halfway. And I'm like, oh, I got to go all the way back to the store to buy more. <laughs> but it was like one of those things that like once you're invested and you know oh, yeah, what the yeah. final piece is, or if it already looks good and it's going well. Then it's like okay, like you're excited, and I think well, that's like what we were talking about earlier. When you're when you're when you get super excited about something, you're just like all in, right? Yeah, yeah, hundred percent. The excitement, it's it's amazing how uh, if you follow that, it, it's so much easier, right? People see what you do is a lot of work, and it is a lot of work. Like the videos I do, I can appreciate that there's a lot of work involved, but to me, it like the fun outweighs the work, right? And right. It's like. It's, I look at it as like nine years. I don't look at it as like, oh my God, I've been doing YouTube for nine years. I look at it as like, oh nice. Like nine years have flown by. Like that's been so cool. Yeah. Like, ah, that's the best. Yeah. If you can and if you can look back at nine years and say they flew by, then you're doing something right. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. Well, it's been it's been an adventure. Like I love I don't know if there's anything else right now I could think of that I would want to do, right? I love to entertain. I love to try to connect with people, like you're saying. And I love to make art. And if I could do all of those in one. Mm-hmm. Then it's like I don't know how I could lose here, right? It's I right. don't want to get lazy. What's the downside, right? Yeah, the, the, I mean the downside. I'll tell you the downside. <laughs> like, there is, oh, the downside that comes with that mm-hmm. is unfortunately life happens, right? And yeah. you need to. I don't have a boss yeah. saying you need to do this, you need to do this. I don't have work hours, so you need to be uh, like like disciplined enough to like. Okay, today I got to work. I got to work. It's Saturday. I got to work. You got to make sure that happens. Or else you get lazy or you'll start to travel off of one brand deal's paycheck and you're like, you're going to fade out, right? So you got to maintain yeah. a, a nice flow with it all. You you work on you work on weekends. You work on weekends because you love what you do and you also want to keep doing what you're doing. So if you don't put that work in, then guess what? You're not going to be working for very long. <laughs> yes, exactly. It, it's like yeah. any other career like like we, we joked about the pimple thing let's talk about that really quick um <laughs> like today okay so i was on the computer originally i was sending emails this morning and then the pimple happened and i'm like you know what would be funny is if pimple gate can we call it pimple yeah. gate Let, let's make a pimple gate okay so we, we over dramatize because people are dramatic and i know one pimple isn't going to be life-altering or ruin it but i know there's humor there 
And I know I could make it funny by trying to predict what the future would be by using right. filters, right? So that mm-hmm. that little segment <laughs> that people see on my story, it took me like 45 minutes to edit. But they see it in 15 <laughs> seconds, right? They don't see right. the workload behind it, but it was right. like, that's that's work. And it was fun. Yep. But it was still It work. was hilarious though. Like super memorable oh, i loved it right? i loved it it was yeah. so good and that's and that's you know i think that that's another thing you know you have to you have to kind of break down your ego a little bit and if you want to if you want to connect with people it's not just about being vulnerable it's also about being willing to kind of have a little fun with yourself and go yeah i got a pimple today instead of going oh no i can't show that no no i have to i have to cover that no 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 let's yeah. let's, let's show let's be can, funny can about I just, it can i just quickly say that somebody on uh the live just said pimple gate proof anything <laughs> can be inspiration <laughs> literally but it's it's so true anything can be and if you are in this world of creating at least on social media you eventually develop the ability to look at anything and make content there yeah. You just gotta like trust yourself, have fun with it. I know if I go to the zoo, I can oh my god, there's so much content at the zoo. Cause I could like look at a lion. If the lion's sleeping, I could be like me on a Monday. You know, like you could make <laughs> jokes about anything or humor oh, about anything or have fun. I can't wait to see one of your I know you have a couple of 3D models of your head. I can't wait to see the um golden trophy to memorialize today in the great pimple pimple gate of twenty twenty one. And if I yeah, just I gave you that. the idea, please give me credit for that one because it would mean the world to me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, we're, we're, a, we're at hour 10 in, which is shocking to me. You know, oh, an hour and so 10, fast. it flew by almost as much as your nine years, Dan. Waka, waka, waka. But, but well, um, I, I always forget. What's the name? What's your dog's name? Charlie. Charlie. Sorry. Charlie. Char- yeah, Charlie. Yeah. yeah. Not, th- not that I paid way too close attention but yes yeah, you answered that way too quick <laughs> i know i answered it before he did i'm so oh, yeah, no, I'm not, charlie, I'm not. charlie like i think most of my audience watches me for charlie you know and then yeah, i'm yeah, sort right. of like a little bit of the side he's awesome i love that guy oh my Quality god if charlie i if i do a story content. and i and i do hashtag springer spaniel i like it's those stories pop off like crazy <laughs> yeah it's, i don't it's know funny. how you don't like People dogs, dogs. You know? they're, they're just such sweet creatures and like charlie to me even Charlie, you know, when I first got him was an exciting thing. And it was fun to kind of incorporate him into my branding and into some videos because now I've got like a friend at all times with me that I'm like, this mm-hmm. is great because I can make Charlie my friend for content. And he has. And it's like, it's I love having him. It's the best. I didn't He's get him just for content, by the way. It's but I mean, it, it would be fine if you did. He's still in a loving home, so it's fine. We we won't we don't judge either way. It's fine. <laughs> but it's an hour and ten in, and we don't want to keep you all night. So let's do our things of the week. And Dan, I'm excited to find out what your thing of the week is because for one of the few times since we started doing it, my thing of the week is not going to be you because you're here. So go ahead. <laughs> What's your thing nice. of the week? Oh, oh wait, I'm not allowed to do that, Vincent. <laughs> <laughs> it would be it would be a little weird, but okay. <laughs> Uh, yeah, my thing of the week, it's been a little bit of a bizarre week because I've been 3D printing like crazy over the last uh, probably three weeks. I've just been, there's always been a print going, whether it's been a mm-hmm. failure or whatever. And I've been using this resin, okay? It's this black UV resin and it just smells so, so bad. And so <laughs> I have this, um, I call it the Mercedes Benz of air purifiers. This thing is phenomenal. And so that is my thing of the week because this past week, it has totally saved me. When I put it in the room, it'll suck up all that terrible UV resin smell and then sort of clean it so it's not as bad. I mean, I still smell it, but this thing... 
Oh my gosh. I think if you're a creator working in a space, you have to have an air purifier and mm -hmm. not like a, like a dinky one that like can do 200 square feet. I think this one can do, I think 800 square feet. And it's just like, it's been such a savior for me. Interesting. I bought is that, is that one. a weird? I think it's a weird one. Is that a weird no, one? No, it's not. I'll tell you why. Because I bought one from my bedroom. I was having trouble sleeping, and I don't know if it was allergies or something in the house that I'm not agreeing with or something, right? But I was having trouble sleeping, and I bought an air purifier and big ass air purifier. The thing is a monster, and it's sitting in a corner of the bedroom. I mean, when this thing comes on, it sounds like there's a jet landing on the roof. However, however, the damn thing. I've been sleeping so much better since yes. I got it. And in fact, somebody else messaged me after we had it on because I made it my thing of the week after I got it because I started sleeping almost immediately. And they're like, dude, I got one. Now I'm sleeping too. That thing's amazing. So yeah, I totally feel the you, white man. noise. Like, like uh, at night, I'll sometimes move it into my room for that exact same reason. I sleep like <laughs> a baby when this thing is on. It's like, it is loud. The whole jet engine thing, it does yep. sound like one, yeah. but it's like, it's so soothing in the weirdest way. If you could shoot over a link to the one you got after we're after we're all done, that'd be great because I'll put that in the show notes so people can pick it up if you can find it. If not, oh, hundred percent. Yeah. yeah, that's that's great. Yeah, I, I honestly think they're very underrated as things that are going to make your house feel a whole lot healthier. Oh, they're well, it's amazing they're how it just so takes great. like it takes like stale air and just makes like it just feels like fresh air. It's always moving and cleaning. You know. You right. know, something we didn't bring up, and I was just thinking about it as we're talking about air purifiers and shop spaces inside houses. It blows my mind what you do in your freaking apartment, dude. Like, it's yeah. I can't. I I can't get over. I mean, I, lo I love when you're like scraping silicone off of your like granite. Yeah. Countertop. Have you just given up on the security deposit at this point? Like, is that just a <laughs> no? Oh, so, yeah, the thing is, I, I I own this condo now, right? So oh, cool. I'm not. Okay. I'm not as concerned about. Uh, I mean, I am concerned because when people come over, I don't want my place being a giant like messy <laughs> resin silicone place, right? <laughs> I, I confide that to the front room, right? And mm -hmm. so what I've learned recently is that obviously 3D resin printing is super messy. And it so, stinks. And it stinks. So I have to definitely, when I either sell or move out of this place, I have to replace the floors for sure in that room, which I'll probably do the whole place. But mm -hmm. if I'm doing a brand deal, like I just recently did a clock for Timex, and for brand deal stuff, I want to make sure the shots look really pretty. So I do that usually on my kitchen island. And that mm -hmm. week, you do not want to be at my house because <laughs> it is just the kitchen island has silicone on it. It's got some like <laughs> resin here and there. But I'm super good at cleaning it all up after the fact because I know I got to live here, right? So I want to make sure right. it's, it's still a good space. But yeah, I do it all in my condo, which is Crazy. hopefully going to soon change because I'm seeing a I saw. space tomorrow, actually. I got a meeting nice. So you're gonna stay? You're you're staying in Toronto then? Because there was a moment where you were flirting with going to Vegas, going to Texas, and yes. you're staying in Toronto then. Oh, that's a that's a very good question, which I haven't <laughs> even talked about on my podcast. Um, Look at that! See, see. Yeah. So here's here's the thing. I was just in Austin to to mm -hmm. look to move down there to obviously get more brand work in the States. I know TikTok, they pay creators down in the States. They don't pay creators here in Canada, which is super frustrating, but apparently it's coming. So the way it was originally going to go was I go down to Austin in January and then I just sort of start like living and trying to make it in the States. But I've since learned, I, I reached out or an agent reached out to me to represent me and pull in more brand work in the States. And I figured, okay, it's a six month deal. 
six months is enough time to sort of see if I can make it in the States, if they're going to give me work down there. So mm -hmm. it's been pushed back, which I haven't talked about really, but it's been pushed back because I'm going to let this agent and this management team try to pull in as much brand work for me in the States and hyper-focus on the States that if it happens, then for sure I'll... Uh, then you I'll can hit the ground running. Summer. Yeah. Gotcha. Wow. Yeah. That's awesome. That That's yeah, great. Exclusive. <laughs> I, yeah, really? Wow. I didn't expect to break news on this episode. That's pretty awesome. Yeah. yeah. You, then again, you probably don't have a lot of people that obsessively notice things like, that. oh, wait, you're getting a, so what happened to them? I know because I'm a weirdo, but you know. <laughs> no, I get people asking. It's, I do have to address it eventually. Yep. Good. Well, thanks for addressing it here. Now you can just clip this and send it to people like, here's the answer. Leave me alone. <laughs> Ethan, what's your thing of the week? Well, before, before I do my thing of the week, I just also want to point out, because I kept forgetting to bring it up is i absolutely love the shot and forgot series oh yes oh, crazy okay. oh my gosh I, yes. I i think that's the one of the coolest like concepts and uh and i love how like excited you get when you find <laughs> a location so yes so anyways i just what i just want to throw that out there anyone that hasn't seen the shot and forgot series uh go check it out because they are so fun so basically what it is actually do you want to you describe it real quick <laughs> it is the weirdest thing that you bring this up but shot and forgot is basically i go to an auction and i buy all of these film slides from the 1950s to the 1980s and what i do is they're all random they're all from different people all over the world right. And I scan 12 of them per episode. And the idea is we, we start to look through the photos and try to be detectives and say, this was in Florida. This was in, um, I don't know, London, right? And it is fun, but it's so funny you mention this because out of any content I've created to this day, I still get asked about Shot and Forgot. Oh, and that's wifey's favorite thing that you've ever done yeah, by the it's, way it's such a cool concept out. and it's so like sweet and like yeah mm -hmm. that was definitely one of the most original things that I created on my YouTube channel. And I love, I want to be clear with people, both of my live stream and here, I loved shot and forgot. That was my baby. I was, I loved it. I still love it. The problem is each episode takes like eight hours. Oh my God. Yeah. <laughs> and it's so tedious when you see things moving, zooming in, it takes so long that when I put it on YouTube and it didn't pull in the views, I had yeah. to sort of put it on the back burner because it's just, it wasn't worth the, the time. Right. Eight right. hours worth, oh, yeah. worth the, the fifteen thousand views or whatever. Right. No. Yeah. Just... No. It's it, but it. It is one of those things though that is, and I completely understand that, and I completely understand why you can't do it all the time. It, but I, I it is one of the things that's just like so. It's I keep talking about you being genuine. I, I apologize, but like it's so fun to watch you when you <laughs> when you find out like when you drop yourself into a location and you're like. And Google Maps, and you're like, "This is it! This is it! Oh my god!" Like I'm like I like I literally like I'm like a giddy schoolgirl. Like I just like I'm like, "Oh, that's so fun!" Yeah, it's just super fun. So, anyways, <laughs> nice, nice. I'm glad. I appreciate that. Yeah, and that, so that is not going to be my thing of the week, Vincent. But um, I don't have a good thing of the week. Well, I do. I mean, I have good things of the week, but uh, nothing that I'm was like, "Oh, that's going to be my thing." But. Um, both of these, I think both of these have been things of the week before for me. So, um, but real quick, Bumble Shoots, who make a lot of like wood conditioners and stuff like that. I know they've been a thing of my week, a thing of the week for me before, mm -hmm. but they sent me a, a wax that you can use on leather. 
and to recondition leather. And they sent me a jar of it and I've used it a little bit and it's, it's so far, it's been amazing. It's been really, really nice. It smells so good. It's like basically, I mean, their stuff smells so damn good. It's ridiculous. It's so good, right? I mean, it smells like honey basically. (laughs) Yep. Yep. And uh, so I really like the wax. I haven't used it a ton, but I really do like it. So uh, that's my partial thing of the week. The other thing of the week is uh, quarter leather. Have I talked about quarter leather? Yes. Okay. Yes. Well, anyways, they, I just, uh, another shout out to them because they've put out another couple good videos this, uh, the past couple weeks. And they're just a really, really good, you know, they're not over the top uh, channel. Like you were saying earlier, Vincent, like they're not like big on, you know, transitions and stuff like that. They're just like, I, a solid channel about leatherworking and techniques and quality. And yeah, I just, I, I always find their videos very, very insightful and uh, educational and quality videos. So excellent. Yeah. Excellent. I'll have, we'll have those links obviously in the show notes. I just, I've been experimenting with Bumble shoot stuff. Also, I bought a jar of it just to see how it was. And um, I'm not going to lie. I think it's actually changed my process for making cutting boards. So, Oh really? Yeah. I, I wasn't sure it would work for me. Yeah. No, exactly. now I'm kind of, I'm a little more than obsessed. I think for, for my purposes, it is a wonderful product. So, and they're good people. They're a small business, uh, mm-hmm. which, and they're which veteran is owned, also awesome, which is nice. Mm-hmm. But uh, yep. yeah, that's a good one. Um, I'll have, I'll have both those links in the show notes for everybody. My thing of the week is, uh, let's be honest. We know these people are friends of ours and um, we love them dearly. So my thing of the week is Maker's Workshop. Oh, um, yeah. The making a laser cut chair video because, mm-hmm. the, okay, without going too far into the drama behind the scenes in making this video, <laughs> there was a lot of it. Mm-hmm. Um, some of it played out on Instagram stories, um, but basically Brooke's laptop with all their footage on it took a dump in the middle of editing the video, um, the chair, it just took a long time to make this video and it was a lot of effort. And she did an amazing job of the op- making it cinematic at the beginning. And it's one of the funniest things I've ever seen. And mm-hmm. it genuinely, I was like, Bravo, this is true brilliance. So I, I watched it and I'm like, okay, this is my thing of the week. This is, this makes it easy for me. So, and of course, you know, like we've, I've, we've had Brooke and Michael on twice already yeah. and, I consider them friends of ours and I, yeah, I I just love those guys. I mean, they're just so such good people. That video needs to get a whole lot more love than it's getting right now. So get over there to makers workshop, their YouTube channel. Um, I'll have the link in the show notes. Obviously the video is called making a laser cut chair, laser cut chair and CNC. There's a little bit, everything in the video. It's just a really good video. The beginning of it is amazing. It's, and you know, you're supporting good people and that's really what we're all about is supporting Good people. We like good people. Nice. You know who else is a good person? Anyone who supports this show financially, <laughs> including. <laughs> nice good segue. transition. Leanne and Nick from Hemlock and Hyde, Dave from Atomic Airship Works, Emily Joyce, Ed from Ed's Clocks and More, Rory from RLO Woodworks, Chris from Full Steam Designs, Jeff Stein, aka A Weird Guy, Debbie Haddock, Jerry Hyduke, Joey from JH Custom Woodcraft. Dean Duplantis, Jacob Anguiano from Native Sun Wood Art, Robert J. Keller, Scott from Dad at Yourself DIY, the one and only Grant Alexander, trademarked, Tony Langer from Langer Works, Jacob from Other Dog Designs, Jake from imakejake.com, Big Al Schultz from New York Woodworks, my buddy and pal, uh, Justin Ofler, Bear Maked, Greg, Platte Valley Woodworks, 
Adam Mackey, Maker Mackey, and the Clamp Podcast. Kim and Garrett, Andrew Richard from Andrew Richard Makes, Kellen Hazlip of Kellen Makes, David from Southern Style DIY, Jeff, the Weekend DIYer, and Sean Walworth now from the Proper Tools Podcast is a new supporter as of this week. So thank you, everybody that supports us financially. We really appreciate it. It enables us to bring you these great conversations with people that I totally fanboy over. If you can't support the show financially, that's fine too. Feel free to leave a review, share the show, promote it in some way, and that helps us just as much. We really appreciate anything you do to help get this show into more ear holes. Dan, it has been an absolute pleasure talking to you, man. And so much fun. I, 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 I know I, I've said it a million times. I'm really containing myself, but the fact that you took so much time out of your out of your busy schedule to talk to us tonight really means a lot to me. Your work means a lot to me, and you've inspired me a lot. And it's been an absolute honor to talk to you tonight. Wow, thank you so much. I appreciate it, guys. <laughs> this was a lot of fun, and uh, I loved to chat with other creators because it's kind of getting to talk shop with people right so thanks for having me it is a very it is we always talk about how insular it is and it is kind of nice that at least once a week i get to talk to other people who make stuff which is right get me yeah (laughs) so that's Mm. gonna do it for this week um dan's links will all be in the show notes you should definitely check out his stuff if you haven't already um he makes amazing things and Mm -hmm. His stories are always interesting. His TikToks are always interesting. And you know what? You're now going to start getting stuff, apparently, that's not going to be on his YouTube channel. So if you want to follow him, you're going to have to follow him everywhere. And you should do that, just like you should follow all of our guests. Um, Next week, we're going to have, obviously, because it's episode 125, we are going to have the one and only David Swiduck on the show because it's a multiple of 25. And it's right before Thanksgiving, which of course means I'm probably going to cry like I do every year when that episode hits. And that's fine. I don't mind. I, you know, Dan, we know, right, Dan? It's okay to be sensitive, right, Dan? <laughs> there it is. <laughs> yes. Say I'm, yes. I'm gonna say just yes, keep, please. <laughs> I'm just going to keep looking at that as I bawl my eyes out <laughs> next week because I cry every year on Thanksgiving. Let it out. But we are going to do something very special for our list, for our listeners. If you have a shop or a store, or anything similar, and you're a regular listener of the podcast, I need you to go to becausewemake.com, hit the contact page, tell us where to find your store, and hopefully next week-ish, after the episode drops, I'm going to have a page on the Because We Make website promoting all the people who listen to this show and who have a store and who want to promote their stuff. So we want to try to get people to buy stuff from our friends, not just these major stores and all these Amazon outlets and garbage from China and all that. So if you have a store or a business or you sell anything, get in line quickly and I will make sure that you are mentioned in some form on the Because We Make website so that when people start looking on Black Friday, we'll have a catalog of the people that listen to this show and hopefully you'll get a couple of sales out of it. And that's something we're going to do for you because we are grateful for all of you. Until then, have a great week, everybody. We will be back again next week. And until then, enjoy it, everybody. Bye.